So Abram rose and clave the wood and went and took the fire with him and a knife. And as they sojourned both of them together, Isaac the firstborn spake and said, My father, behold the preparations, fire and iron, but where the lamb for this burnt offering? Then Abram bound the youth with belts and straps and builded parapets and trenches there and stretched forth the knife to slay his son. When lo, an angel called him out of heaven, saying, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything to him. Behold, a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Offer the ram of pride instead of him. But the old man would not do so, but slew his son. And half the seed of Ulster, one by one. These are the stories we tell ourselves. These are the stories they tell. The band, there's a lot of lads who feel that their culture, their history, is very, very dear to their heart. You stand as a kid on the street and you see a flute band coming up the road and you say to yourself, I want to do that someday. I want to be able to do that, take part. Then the day comes when you're old enough and you go and you ask, can I join the band? And you're accepted. So you join the band and you go up through them, them stages through the band if you join as a cymbal player or a triangle player or whatever. You go up through them stages in the band and you advance to maybe starting to play a flute or learning to play a side drum and then you 
you get there. And you finish up, you say to yourself, I'm here. And that's when you really feel that you're part of the bond. You really feel that you're part of the bond then. And it's like joining a wee family. Everybody's troubles are shared by the whole bond. We don't go out with the attitude of we hate Roman Catholics and things like that. But having said that, I have to say that we do cherish what we have here in Northern Ireland. It was so hard fought for. We are of the orange culture and we don't make any apologies for that. I don't think we should make any apologies for that. Black hats made in Dublin. <laughs> it's black hats made out of doe skin. They're made in Dublin. And there's a silver leaf on the... On the peak. There's a 36 ulcer division badge cap. There's black lace around the barn to remember the people that were killed at World War One, World War Two. Then the jacket goes down into like a brown colour. It's traditional army sort of dress. It's stayed on the 36 Ulster Division that followed World War One. Big radiate the Somme. It has um, black black apples with a silver braiding. And then there's a, a green and red armband down with silver buttons, silver braiding. Yeah, it's the Irish Guards red, and it's just a bottle, a bottle green. And then we'll have a black belt that goes around the middle with a brass buckle with the UVF insignia on the buckle. It's the red hum and the maple leaf says also volunteer force. And then there's black trousers with a thick green bond, the same colours on the jacket, and two thin red stripes down either side. And just to send it ourselves. But we based it on the 36 Ulster Division. The original UVF from the early 1900s. And it was it's based on that there. It's not an exact replica of their uniform, but it's very, very close. It'll probably be a modern day UVF uniform. It's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, it is quite expensive. It's it's £200 for the jacket and trousers. That's just because it's it's very basic because it is styled on the original uniform. It's £50 for each hat. It was £30 for the belts. And then the wee badge on the the hat itself. It's, I think, £3, £4. So it's like... That's just saying that £30 for the belts. Like, so it's, you're roughly talking like... Two hundred and seventy, two hundred and eighty pound for each uniform, and then you have your playing instruments after that there, which are very expensive as well. So if you were changing your uniform for a bond our size, which isn't really that big, it would be ten to twelve thousand pound for us to change into a new uniform for next year and new stuff. That would be without flutes, like just for jackets, trousers, hats, new drums. Robberies. Ha, 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 
Tô comendo algo na tia. Tô Just run like dances, things like that there and basically go under that. Just well the fan. The bond has uh it has a respect and a deep deep line respect for the thirty six Ulster Division. Ulster Volunteer Force. They have a deep respect for that. And it goes so far as to say that the present day Ulster Volunteer Force, we have a lot of respect for that as well. Or on a personal note, I do. Why? Well, if you look at, at the conflict over the last 26, 27 years, the IRA has indiscriminately bombed all over this this country and the mainland. Now, the RUC and the British Army have not been allowed to take up the gauntlet. Then who's it left to? Do you just leave them alone to keep going and doing, having a free hand? My answer is no. My answer is, if the powers that be can't do it, then we that suffer will have to take up that challenge. Are there members of the band who would be members of the UVF? I can't speak for any of our members of the band now, because that wouldn't be fair. I wouldn't be fair to say yes, no, or anything, because to make a statement like that becomes an illegal thing. But we certainly do respect the Ulster Volunteer for us. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, it came about that a bloody severed hand was hurled upon the shore of Ulster. And as it lay there in the reddening sand, flies buzzing, birds circling overhead, the last faint pulse in its veins signalled a triumph beyond the imagination of mere mortals. It is said two Scottish chieftains raced westward. The first to touch land, they agreed, would be the ruler of all before him. And so they crossed purple mountains, grey locks, valleys of velvet heather and steely rock, and finally the wild, wild sea. And as they moved through a curtain of salt and wind and raging water, they saw at last before them the faintest line of land. It was then that one of them, realising the race was run and he was losing, pulled out his sword and with one stroke hacked his hand from his body and threw it with all his strength that he might touch the soil before him first and thus reign there forever. 
Or was it the Norsemen approaching the northern coast in their longboats? Among their number a certain O'Neill, who, hearing the chief declare that whoever touched land first would be granted vast estates, cut off his hand and hurled it forth. The red hand of Ulster, coloured by the blood of sacrifice. These are the stories we tell ourselves. These are the stories they tell. So some please take my uniform and go and fight the foe. And fight just like your father did so many years ago. For Ulster it is calling and we must never fear. So take my gun, my only son, and join the volunteers. See its buckles shining bright from the shoulder to the waist. I also see three letters emblazoned on its breast. The U it stands for Ulster and the T for volunteers. The F it stands for the force that fights and never fears. The F it stands for the force that fights and never fears. Yeah. Okay. We're doing our best and we're not doing anybody any trouble. We're just going to march to our venue and we're going to march back again. And we don't mean anybody any trouble. We are the Apprentice Boys and we love it. And have you been an Apprentice Boy for a long time? A very long time. How long? 15 years. Hold up. Uh, hold on, we're getting called here, the order. I'll see you later on. Yeah. No. We're ready to march. The bond's forming up. Everyone is going to put their cigarettes in. No one's striking. We're going to manage and we're going to march. And we're only marching to the place. I'm the first person in my family's really been in a band. People in the family have been in lodges, but I think that's pretty general up here. I was always in the Orange Order, and was in the Junior Orange Order, and then I moved up in the Senior. And the Orange Order I was in, I didn't really like it very much. Sort of, I didn't like the way that they were organising things, and then. I had a friend, he wasn't, on the, he wasn't in the orange or anything, and he says there's a band starting up down the road, will you come down? And he couldn't play the flute, couldn't play the drum, nothing, they got there. I just went down, and I got involved then. In the band, my own parents really don't bother much with going out marching parades. The 12th day, 
they might watch five minutes of it on the TV, but they're not. They wouldn't go up to town and watch it. If I wasn't walking on the phone, I would go up to town and watch the whole plane. But my parents weren't doing that sort of thing. Like, you know, they don't mind whatever I want to do. That's your life. Do with yourself what you want. They're not anti-Protestant, obviously, because there are Protestants, but they're not anti-Catholic either. You know, it's not like me here. Pigs, Catholics. It's just everybody has someone their own life. That's the way they think. You know, everybody has their own views. They don't think probably the way I think. It's just just let yourself do what you want. You know, I mean, you're grown up. You're like thirty odd, thirty three. You've kids. You're married. They're not turning you insane. Don't be doing this. You know your mum and dad aren't turning and saying that to you. So it's just you get on your own life, and they get on their own life. What's your family loyalist? No. The apprentices shut the gates and flew the crimson flag. No surrender in the face of wheedling words as Lundy slipped away into the night. No surrender as time wore on and hunger took its toll. No surrender to those outside the walls. And as it was then in Derry, so shall it ever be. No surrender. These are the stories we tell ourselves. These are the stories they tell. My father was a Donegal man. There you go. <laughs> and uh, my mother was a Scotswoman from Greenock. But my father was in the Enniskillings, Enniskilling Fusiliers. My father had done 22 years in the British Army. But uh, when my father came out of the Army, my mother coming from Greenock, we settled in Greenock. When did you join your first band? Oh, I was about 10 years of age. I joined playing cymbals. My heart to say it was brilliant on it. <laughs> then I progressed on the playing the flute. And I thought it was a bee's knees, you know, because I could play the sash and the national anthem. I served my apprenticeship on the Clyde. Once I finished my apprenticeship, I said to my mother, I'm going back where I came from, where I belong. And when I come back home here, I joined a bond here. The conductor of that bond he would have brought down waltzes and everything for us to play. And it was really enlightening that music, irrespective of what you're playing, music has brought more joy 
to this world than any other thing apart from a child being born. And I'll never forget him saying that. And that really, really hit home. Being a Bonds man. Being a Bonds man. There's no bad Bonds. There's better Bonds. But there's no bad Bonds. God bless my wife, my family's God bless the fly that I fly and Sherman, give us a wee song there, Dad. What would you like? Next. Whatever I want. Go on. Give the one you got six months for it. Sing, sing, or show you around. Right. You only got six months for you smoked it, you didn't sing it. sort of like, it's not a third world country as in the fact that there's people living in gutters and all, 
but per head of population they owe as much as any other country in the world, probably more in money ways, you know, when they're poor that way. And probably a lot of Catholics don't want a United Ireland too. Catholics hate Protestants, Protestants hate Catholics and just don't really mix with each other. We can't. The mass majority of people in this province are happy and content to be a part of the United Kingdom. If somebody doesn't want to take part in something that I, I have, I wouldn't coerce them into it. So why should we be coerced into a United Ireland? Ireland has never been united. Never. Apart from when it was British rule. It's the only time in its history, to the best of my knowledge, that the island of Ireland has ever been united. part of the Republic of Ireland. The Catholic Church seemed to dominate their population. They go in and they can, in a book I run last night, I say, put 10p in the box and say, a couple of Hail Marys and you're forgiven for that. But you're not forgiven for that. That's just the priest sitting saying that. Where I lived, I would like a chapel outside my back and they had, like, had, say, four services on a Sunday and a service every day. If they don't go to their chapel, they go looking for them. Whereas if I went to the church every every week for three months and then just stopped going, our minister wouldn't... He's not going to come around to my house and say, why are you not coming back? You know, why are you not going? Their religions drummed into them. There's such a frustration here. You know, you have the Republic of Ireland lay claim to these six counties. We have fought so... Not we. We have. We've endured. We've fought. But what have people before us fought for? I mean, thousands of men died in the Somme from these six counties, and they didn't die just simply for king and country. They died for these six counties of Ulster, Northern Ireland. That's what they died for. Should we let them die in vain? I think not. I really don't think so. We are not going to be deterred by anyone. We will stand. 
stand for Ulster. And as we stand for Ulster, I am sure that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and that we will all walk out together and we will always say, no surrender. Can I say before I'm finished? I couldn't turn it and say that. I'm a total Protestant. I go to church every Sunday. I do this, I do that. But I don't want to be part of a United Ireland. I want to just be part of Great Britain. You know, like Great Britain, which isn't great anyway. But I realise the British government is business. They're saying this. They're getting rid of us. They don't want us no more. I mean, they travelled halfway around the world to defend the Falklands. And, I mean, it was days. I mean, right, we're going to war with the Argentinians. It took them days to even reach the Falklands. It takes you hours to reach Northern Ireland. Where they defend the Falklands and not defend us. If people want to live in this country under the Constitution, that we have and they'll abide by the Constitution. I have no qualms about that. If anybody wants to try and destroy that Constitution, then I'm more than willing to fight that, to fight those people who would try to destroy the Constitution that our forefathers fought for and fought so damned hard and died. I don't care who they are, what they are. I'll fight for it. I feel that way. I'm passionate about it. And I can't say much more than that. Well, Brian, that concludes the proceedings from our platform here today. Just after we sing this lamp and the period will fall up, and move off to the main streets of the town. There will also be a return parade at 2.30, those of you who wish to take part. I call upon all the platform to be upstanding, and we'll sing the national anthem. Easy, all together. Just ask Thanks for everyone helping our bond, Rob Cool. And uh, our fans are volunteer, our bands are volunteer Colin Caldwell Memorial Band. And we were formed in 1985 by three fellas sitting in a back garden on a summer's day drinking a carry it. We decided to form a bomb after a fella died in the maze prison after an IRA bomb. So we formed a bond and we'd like to say thanks to everybody in Rob Let's help us out and help us out. Everybody. I think we're done. Yes, I have. He has, I when he joined it. I didn't have on the very beginning. I'd like to say thanks to all the ones in Rothkill that have the bond on and sure old. Love will everywhere give us support and parades and help us get our uniforms though. So that's it. Thanks. Okay.
The battle went on all day that 1st of July in 1690. Watch the wind and trust the Lord and die for Royal William. To the sound of the drums and the clashing of swords, they fought till the banks of the Boyne ran red with blood and the field glowed orange as righteousness prevailed. Five hundred men, loyal and true, died for King Billy that day. King Billy on his white horse, gold blade to the ready. Five hundred men, shadows in our blood, who gave their lives to keep this land free of Rome's rule. How could we but honour them? These are the stories we tell ourselves. These are the stories they tell. Every time you put the uniform on, you're constantly at risk. Because where our van hall would be, you'd be walking home at night and cars are passing you. I mean, if you're walking, if you leave the van hall at four or five in the morning and you're walking along with the van uniforms on you, you're constantly at risk. Like, I mean, you do get cars driving past you and they're shouting out at you and, and like the orange bee and things like that. There. If you, you think like that, I mean, you'd be scared to go to the house, wouldn't you? So, I just don't think like that. I'm not, I don't mean to make myself a big, big tough guy, and I'm, but I don't feel scared. Put my uniform on, I'll just I'll walk anywhere I go. That's just the way it is. I mean, who cares? Just go ahead and do it, and that's it. <laughs> I'd never be walking down the street, I'd never be Catholics. That's close, where they could sort of spit on you and they could shed a piece at you where you would get in and throw them really out there. You know? London Derry is probably I would be the most there's a Catholic a policeman and you're walking past the policeman. They could you could touch each other sort of thing. But I didn't realise they were even Catholics for a couple of years and then it was just one it was last year, they just started shouting abuse and all and were one I seen I looked round and one of them was wearing a Celtic top and he says, What's going on here? You just think it's Protestants right watching? But it was because it was in London Derry, it's predominantly Catholic. You know, you in like the city centre but and they were like they're just stunning you could be shouting she cons with each other. But I don't feel nervous no. I should have, you know. That's not trying to be big or anything. I just don't feel nervous about them like. They attack you and want to fight with you. You just have to do what you have to do, and that's it. Never felt nervous walking with a fan anywhere. You'd actually probably feel more nervous walking in Protestant areas than you would in Catholic areas if you're having a, a row with them or something. You, know, you don't care about you don't care about them. That's just the way it goes. I certainly don't want to see Orange men or Barnes men 
you know, walking past people's houses and shouting and bawling abuse and all the rest of it. Don't want that. Because to do that is only demeaning yourself. But I certainly don't want people to give up the right to march in a dignified manner. Something that's part of our culture and our heritage. All over the world, it's carried all over the world about the downtrodden Catholics, Nationalists, Republicans, whatever. How badly treated they are here in Northern Ireland. If I was in a job and I didn't like it, I wouldn't stay in that job. Not for any man's money. Likewise, if it was in a country I didn't like, I wouldn't stay in it. Why do these people stay here? We bleed as well. And we've been bleeding for a long, long time. We're not animals. We're not. We're human beings. With human instincts. And through that, that's why we are what we are. We can't hide from what we are. And we've no desire to hide from what we are. I certainly haven't. Oh, God sits in judgment. And, uh, if he deems that I've done wrong, then so be it. Then I pay the penalty. The consequences. Certainly, I, I get frightened. But uh, your heart, your heart overcomes your fear. These are the stories they tell. Yeah, I have a son in the bond. It does worry me. It worries me a great deal. My view is, if he wishes to be there, then I'm certainly not going to stop him from being there. But it is going to put a terrible onus on me. Because if anything happens to him, and I come home and say to his mother, something happened to Jim, and she's going to go nuts. She'll really go mad. But how can I restrict a wee lad who loves his band, he loves bands in general, he's a great wee musician. How can I turn around and say to him, no, you're not going? Uh, young William McFadden, 
who won the VC at the Somme. Just a young kid who was so determined to go and fight for his country. And it's admirable in any man that he'll go and fight for his country. That kid went and done that and died and he hasn't a grave. And that's things like that that make us so very, very passionate about the country that we live in. It was still quite dark that morning, the 1st of July, 1916, at 0R, 7.30am. The men of the 36th Ulster Division, some more boys than men, climbed out of the trenches in Thiepval Wood along the Somme and started walking, charging towards the German lines. For God and Ulster. By the following day, 2,000 were dead, 3,000 injured. For God and Ulster. And so it went. The ties of union forged link by link with the blood of men. The shades in our midst who died for king and country. And so it ever goes. No surrender. For God and Ulster. For honour and for glory. For history and for the future. These are the stories we tell ourselves. <laughs> 